it's those micro moments of, I'm actually just going to pause here, put my phone down before responding to that, or put my phone down before I actually move forward with showing up online to have a conversation about this and ask myself, am I educated enough to have this conversation? Am I informed? Am I resource enough to, to have this conversation? Do I have the capacity to have this conversation? This is the Alchemize Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. We're covering topics like wealth, worthiness, the pursuit of your passions, and you'll be inspired to break all the rules of living an ordinary life. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. The thriving spiritual practice, the steamy relationship, the income, and the impact. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. Isn't it the greatest that we are spending so much time together again? my TAL fam. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have been loving the conversations that have been happening here on the podcast lately. It feels so good to be back in the swing of things and actually putting out more podcasts than I have in the last like year alone. And this conversation today is going to be an invitation for a lot of you, including myself, to sit with discomfort, to get a little uncomfortable, to put our egos aside for a moment, to be open, to be willing, and to be ready to learn. I'm so excited. Today, I am joined by Ashley Perkins, who is a former client of mine. And Ashley and I, as two white, able-bodied, cisgendered women, sat down and got real in this episode today about the ways in which we have fallen short in the past as leaders and how Ashley, through her work in her integrative leadership nine-month program, as well as all of her coaching, and she is a trauma-informed business coach, but is in all of her coaching has humbly taken the approach to bringing greater inclusivity through practices and protocols to be able to serve more people through her work. And we talk about the uncomfortable shit that comes up online, especially for those of us that are all of us that are imperfect and can make mistakes in the way that we speak or maybe react and how we hold space. And so this conversation is really meant for those of you that are looking to learn how to do better. And of course, this is just scratching the surface. So I want to be very, very clear on that, that we're just scratching the surface here and neither of us claim to be perfect or know it all. Both of us are actually incredibly imperfect and messy 
And I hope that this conversation, especially for those of you that have businesses or in the beginning stages of starting your business, just shows you that it's okay to fuck up. It's okay to get things wrong. And that so much of this journey is about being willing to learn from those mistakes, to do better, and to just consistently keep growing for yourself, for your clients, for the world. And I just love, love, love Ashley's approach. And so in this conversation today, we talk about consent in client and coaching relationships and just all relationships overall. A lot of the questions she shared at the end of the episode around consent, I'm like, wow, I actually use that in my relationship. Um, cool. I'm proud of myself for asking for consent in, in that way with conversations and, and opening dialogue. Um, we also talk about the difference between reacting to what is happening in the world um, from a place of social pressure to have to always say something and how you can actually zoom out a little bit more and learn to respond versus react when we are inundated with different things that we feel like we should be speaking to online. We talk about how to approach harm in the coaching industry and create more integrity with our work to become more inclusive we talk about nervous system regulation and co-regulation and really how when we do work like nervous system regulation, we talk about different, what that might look like. Um, you guys know breath work is my favorite, <laughs> but we talk about why nervous system regulation is so important in doing this work so that you have the capacity to hold more, to hold duality. So I really love this conversation. I think it's an important one that we all begin to have, and maybe you've been having it offline, which is incredible and amazing. Most of the time, these conversations are happening offline for me with my friends, with my clients, um, with my with my family. And so it's special and also a little bit vulnerable to bring it into the podcast. And I know that it can be triggering as well for people. And so I just want to recognize that this conversation might bring up feelings of shame or guilt or anger or confusion. And what I would recommend and invite you into is breathing through it and going at your own pace as you lean into what we share. And if also, if it doesn't resonate, that's totally okay as well too. <laughs> the reason why I wanted to have Ashley on though, as a former client is she um, is just doing such incredible work in the world. And like I mentioned earlier, she has a nine month program called Integrative Leadership. And this program is really a opportunity for you to bring trauma-informed and trauma-sensitive practices and protocols into your business. So it's meant for coaches and care providers who desire to enhance the inclusivity, impact, and results of their work. Um, the program starts on April 4th, and I cannot recommend Ashley enough. She is such an incredible woman, an incredible leader, and really embodies everything that we talk about in this episode. And um, if if anything at all, go give her a follow. Her Instagram is at ashleyperkins.co. And we're going to link everything as well in the show notes for you today. So I hope that y'all enjoy this episode. And I look forward to hearing from all of y'all after you listen. Enjoy. Well, 
ladies and gentlemen, all of my humans that listen to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here because I am honored to be in conversation with Miss Ashley Perkins, who is actually a previous client of mine. I had the honor of working with her in 2021. And since we've worked together, I mean, just like thinking about the first time that you and I had a conversation compared to so much growth and just power that you have stepped into over the past, I guess it's been like probably like nine or 10 months now at this time, um, is pretty wild to actually see, because I remember when we first started working together, you were like, yeah, I have a lot of different things going on. I want to like, just like condense my focus so that I can like actually be more powerful in my coaching and my space holding. And I mean, I just feel like you have soared above the expectations I think maybe that you had said at the beginning of us working together and just like who you are today is just so radiant and in her power. Um, not that you weren't there before, but just like, it's just like, it amazes me to see how much that you've created and how impactful your work is not only to the people that you work with, but just the people that like come into contact with you on a day-to-day basis through the online space. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. I think it's a really important conversation that we're having and I'm just grateful to be here with you. Oh, wow. (laughs) I was not expecting that. I'm receiving that deeply uh, and I'm very, very excited to be here. And I have to say you were such a catalyst on such a pivotal point in my journey where I was and I'll call myself out totally. I was totally like dipping my toes in the water of personal power. And I think at that time I was afraid of feeling and experiencing and and being more fully and completely in my power. And it was such, such an honor and just such a beautiful experience to be held in a container by you and not because I needed you to give me the permission, but it was just someone else to see like, Hey, this is here and this is present. And I see that you have scratched the surface of this. I'm going to do my best to make this safe for you to actually like fully claim that. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was a beautiful way to spend the majority, a good chunk of 2021 with you. And it was a, an amazing jumping off point for the work that I'm doing now. And, and I believe this like energy that I get to exist in now. So thank you. Mm, You're so welcome. So for everyone that does not know Ashley, she is a trauma informed business coach. And, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on and I like reached out to you, I think it was last week. I was like, Hey, I want to support your work. I want to get your message and the things that you're doing out to my community. Um, And the reason being is that the lens in which you coach from and teach from and mentor from is very rebellious, I would say, to the standard business coach that you would see online from a messaging standpoint and not like marketing messaging, but like really just like the message that is carried underneath everything that you share. And 
also from an embodiment standpoint of like how you live your life and what you choose to share online, it's very, like, it's very rebellious to what you see a lot of coaches and a lot of entrepreneurs doing and sharing online. And I think that when I started paying attention more and more to what you were sharing, I always did pay attention, but especially over these past few months, I saw this through line of personal power that extended past just the typical, and I'm, I'm going to call it out the typical white woman in the wellness or business coaching space. And I respect that because I think it can be really easy. And I think we've seen this a lot, especially over the past two and a half years, you know, I would say specifically since the, um, black lives matter movement in 2020, a lot of ego come into this process. And, you know, I was having a conversation with a girlfriend, um, about a month ago about this, where when our frame and reference for reality is challenged in any other way, whether it be around uncomfortable conversations around race or inclusivity or trauma, um, politics, um, body autonomy, any of these things, when our reference of reality is challenged, a lot of people will turn away because it's uncomfortable. And what do we do when our reality may not be what we thought it was. I mean, it shatters our relationship to the external. And so I just want to honor you for doing this work, um, as a white woman, because it is uncomfortable and it does bring up a lot of guilt and shame and, and ego and, and resistance. And so I know that it's not easy. And I know that in my own journey, there's been so many roller coasters of like, Oh my God, wait, what was I doing? And like, Oh, how did I, like, how did I not know this? And, um, it's challenging work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never try to simplify it or sugarcoat it, uh, because as you said, there can be so much shame and guilt that comes up in the process and, and a lot gets kicked up and triggered, honestly. Um, and I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is if you are like me, who is someone that is white, able-bodied, cisgendered, uh, who has access and privilege, then it's also your righteous responsibility to sit with that discomfort. Um, because the, the simple fact that you can turn away from it if you want to is a privilege. It's a, it's a reflection of your privilege in and of itself, because there are so many people in this world, beautiful, capable, amazing people who, because of the way that they identify, present where they grew up, their socioeconomic status, and so many factors do not have that same privilege to turn away because they're in it and they're living it. And I think as this relates to coaching specifically, we have even more of a responsibility in this industry because it's unregulated, mm -hmm. right? To do our due diligence of learning, not just about, you know, how to build a business and the principles of building a business, but also about 
the people in which will inevitably find their way to our communities online, right? And how we can honor, respect, and support them, not just people who look like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I think that it does invite us into really the seat of the student in like a humble, a very humble way of I'm here to learn and to listen and to not assume and not as best as I can and not get so worked up that it becomes about me, but really just like this open canvas. And, you know, I say this and a lot of my programs not related to this specifically, but I think that it does relate to it is to approach the information that you learn as if it's the first time you're hearing it, you know, because there's always something for us to learn and to gain from it. And I think that that brings us again into this really humble space of we're not putting these walls up and can actually learn from whatever we're receiving. And I think that you know, in my experience, so much of what I've learned around holding space has been through being in it with either my coaches or with my own clients. And, you know, I think that when it comes to unregulated spaces, being in a space such as your, um, integrative leadership training is actually incredibly helpful to, not go through the process of trial and error like I have with holding space, but really like from the beginning, have an understanding of like what it means to be a coach, be a healer or a teacher of some kind through this trauma-informed lens. Because, you know, as you said before we hit record, we all have trauma in many different forms. And I remember when I first started learning about manifestation from white, able-bodied cisgender women that were more privileged than I was growing up. And and I am more privileged than many, many, many people um, that there were so many things that I was like, how the, how the fuck can she say that? That doesn't make sense for me. Like that doesn't make sense based off of my experience, my lived experiences. And I think that that was the first time that I zoomed out and was like, oh, if I'm able to say that about this person, imagine how many people are saying that about the things that I could potentially be saying. And how can I even take a backseat on that and, and ask myself, like, is if I were to say this to somebody who grew up in a marginalized community where they were surrounded by gang violence and drugs their entire life and, you know, have this life kind of set out in front of them of being in the system, like, are my words fair and do my words include them or are my words going to just build this wall between us? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that too, because, um, and like this branch of conversation, because as we were talking about in doing this work that a lot can come up in the process, it's a lifelong commitment, something we were also saying before we started recording too, right? This work of learning about not only just the trauma, but just the lived experiences and the humanity of people who 
experience life in different bodies than you, in different places than you, in different environments with different access than you is is honestly the best thing you can do. And like I said, sitting with that discomfort again is one of the best things you can do. And it's a duty of ours as a business owner because we also have to recognize Again, as you were saying, it is an unregulated space. So learning how as coaches and care providers and people working with humans to hold that space in a way that's inclusive and and also very aware of all of the things we've been talking about. Um, it's it's highly important to the integrity and the ecology of the coaching industry. Otherwise, it, we just end up with more of the same as you were talking about those mm-hmm. experiences where you came across somebody's message and felt completely excluded by it and were experiencing so many things in your body as a result of it. And it's not to say, and I, I say this all the time because you know, you, just like you and I were on our own learning journey and everything I say and everything I teach, it comes from my lived experience of for lack of a better word, fucking up, like really screwing that up royally and not being mindful of how I was communicating and with whom I'm communicating and for what purpose and intention. And I shared something on social media recently that was really triggering for a lot of white women in my community. And, um, I was, I I found myself in a position of holding, a lot of space for a lot of people's feelings, which is Mm -hmm. fine. It was a boundary I was comfortable with because I'm comfortable inviting people into this work where I said the most privileged piece of mindset and coaching advice I hear all the time is, you know, you're, you're sabotaging your success because your blocks are up here. And if you can only just solve all the blocks up here in your mind, then you can be, do, and have anything you want. Mm -hmm. And first of all, hi, I'm raising my hand because I've said these things. They're recorded on my Instagram feed. They've not been removed. They've not been deleted because it's a mirror of my journey. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that the work I'm doing now in part is repairing that harm. And, And we, that's, we get to do that is make a choice. Do I want to continue this knowing that I could be causing harm with my programs, with my content, with my messaging, with the way I communicate and who I communicate with, or do I want to, even if in just one small way, like you said, take that big picture zoomed out view and say, what am I really saying here when I post this piece of content and who am I saying it to and who's getting left out in that conversation? And if you can commit to just making those choices that feel small and insignificant in the moment, they will compound to you building inclusive communities to being able to hold more trauma aware space so that the the frequency at which, or the potential of which you could be causing harm drastically decreases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. And I remember seeing that, that post and there was a moment where I was like, huh, like how have I said that? In what ways have I said that? And, you know, it's interesting because I think that in a lot of ways, there's only so much that we can do 
mm-hmm. to, for how people are going to respond to our content. You know, it's like someone there, there's a chance that someone might always be a little triggered by what we have to say. And I was ready. Yeah, I was ready. Yeah. And I'm curious, like for someone who is like in the coaching space or, you know, content creation space, you know, you, you say like, I was, I was ready. I knew that this was coming. How do you recommend or invite somebody into being able to hold the, the duality there of like, I am taking these steps to better myself, better my business in a way that allows me to be more inclusive, to take a more informed approach to how I speak and how I hold myself and my clients while at the same time navigating a, your own triggers and B the triggering that might happen from you making these changes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great question. And the answer is very nuanced. Um, the first thing for me is you need to have the space within your nervous system to even begin to process your own triggers and your own feelings around what it is you're unlearning and, and learning. And then you also need to create even more space and regulation to advocate and embody it through your business online in an online platform. And I don't want anyone to hear this conversation or see my Instagram page or any piece of anything that I create and think like, oh, wow, it was just this A to B thing, right? And she sounds comfortable talking about it. Correction, I'm very uncomfortable talking about this. And the key to me being able to hold, like you said, Ava, that duality of this discomfort, knowing that I've spent the last 10 years building a community of thin, white, able-bodied, cis women (laughs) online. And I'm now sharing things to wake them up is a lot to hold. Yeah. And so in whatever way you have access to, the first point of entry for this work is self-regulation. And if you can, co-regulation. Co-regulation can happen with another human being. So hiring a mentor the way that I hired Ava, um, hiring a therapist. I've worked with a therapist for 10 years now and and I'm very blessed and grateful to have the access to do so. You can also co-regulate in nature. Mm -hmm. Something as simple as grounding, putting your bare feet, your bare hands on the earth and just allowing that energy to circulate through your vessel. That's going to regulate your nervous system, your breath as Ava teaches in Academy of Breath. It's a resource we can tap into most of us easily, thankfully, to self-regulate. And in terms of, again, co-regulation, even if you have one person in your life that you haven't hired, that isn't a paid therapist or a coach, someone you love and trust to hold space for you, get that person and, and, and lean on them. Tell them what you're unlearning. Tell them what you're learning. Tell them what it stirs up in your body, knowing that 
they're just there to hold that space for you so that it's no longer in the vessel. It's no longer in the body. It's out in the space and you're able to process it. Also do this work at a pace that honors your capacity. Mm -hmm. You may have the capacity to go all in right now. You may have the capacity to just read one article, read, read one book, take one training and then you may need some time and space to process what you've learned and that's okay we all have different capacities we all have different processes I think beyond co-regulation and self-regulation so you actually have the capacity to do this work is also just trusting that process and and listening to your body when it says okay we need some time and space because like I said me showing up online and sharing about this did not happen overnight I was doing a lot of work for a long time behind the scenes before I ever felt I had the capacity or the integrity and embodiment to discuss this work Mm -hmm. in a public forum, if that makes sense. Totally. And I'd love to speak a little bit about that because I think that there is this, not, I think, I know that there is this intense, like when anything happens in the world, this intense social pressure to speak about it right away. And what happens is it ends up being something where there is not, where there's no, like, there, there isn't that nervous system regulation. It's a reaction and yeah. it ends up being unprocessed. It ends up being not that messy is a bad thing, but it ends up being forced from something external versus integrated and embodied from your own time sitting with it. And, you know, I've always loved how much you love up on yourself and give <laughs> in, in like in a, in a, and for everybody listening in like a, I'm going to take a bath today. Like I remember I, we probably did like three or four coaching calls while you were just in the bath and it was great. Yeah. It was wonderful. I was like, she's amazing. She, <laughs> she's living the work. And, um, I share that because that's a part of the nervous system regulation. The self-regulation is like nourishing yourself, nurturing so that you do have the capacity to process more. You do have the capacity to learn more. You're not reacting to the social pressure of being on Instagram and having to make a comment about everything, but moving through your own process at your own pace. And I think that that's something that I know I certainly got really caught up in, especially back in 2020, when all the shit started very publicly hitting the fan was like, okay, I need to sign up for every single course. I need to follow all of these people. I need to do X, Y, and Z. And it wasn't because I didn't pause. Yeah. And I think that it can be really easy for people to not just take that pause. And so I'm curious for you, like your relationship to the social pressure of having to give a statement about every, every damn thing, even when you haven't necessarily processed it. Yeah. Oh man, you are coming in hot today. And I I know I love (laughs) it. These questions. Uh, yeah, let's unpack this again, very nuanced. So I, like you had a very similar experience back in 2020, the very, the death that was heard around the world, George Floyd, um, sent me into a very reactive spiral. And at the time, and I still to this day, I was working with a handful of BIPOC clients and I found myself 
automatically reaching out. How are you doing? Let me know how I can support you. What can I do? Very much coming from an intention of love. And I had a couple of them call me up through it, which I'm very, very grateful for because um, they do not have to do that. It is not their job to do that, to call us up, but I'm grateful that they did. And I'm paraphrasing and in so few words, it was an invitation from them to check my intention. What was I really doing here? They love and respect and appreciate my support always. But why was it coming through hard and fast on this day? Mm-hmm. And was I checking in with all of my clients or just my clients of color? And I was like, shit. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've got work to do here. And I'll be honest and say it took everything in me to fight that very hypo or hyper, I should say, hyper vigilant reaction of, well, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to sign up for the training. I'm going to follow all black creators and people of color on Instagram and social media. And I'm never buying anything that is not made from a person of color or a marginalized community ever again. I went there. And it was from a place of love and care. However, when it comes to doing this work, if you look like Ava and I, and you have a lived experience of a person of privilege, your intention doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's the action and it's the behavior. And so how... I shifted that was again, nuanced and over time, but it was about, again, and this is where the nervous system comes into place. The more regulated I was, the greater capacity I had and the more wherewithal I had to be present and say, what's the intention here? Mm -hmm. Why am I signing up for this training now? What, what is the greater purpose here? Why am I buying that book on Amazon? What's the greater purpose here? Why am I reaching out to that person? What's the greater purpose here? And again, just as with the learning process and honoring your own process of unlearning and learning, as you give yourself the opportunity to pause and double check that intention before moving forward to connect with that person, purchase that resource, take that training. That's again, where that embodiment and integrity is, is there has already landed in that moment because the intention is filled with integrity versus Mm -hmm. that reaction you were talking about. It's that I genuinely want to not only learn from this creator, but also I want to integrate this into my life. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they're a person of color, of a different body, of a different lived experience. It's more that I trust this individual to open my eyes and shift my perspective in a new way. And my plan is when I'm done this, I'm going to honor my process. If that looks like giving myself more space to integrate everything I learned in that training, Great. If that looks like buying the book that that creator recommended on the training, cool. I will do that. 
but it's going to be on my timeline. That's what's the the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, totally. I think that something that came up when you were sharing that is that I think that there's a lot of this impulse to have to prove, like prove that I'm not a bad person, prove that I'm not, you know, uninformed, prove that I'm not whatever, you know? And um, it's interesting because even... I received a message back when the war broke out in Ukraine just a couple of weeks ago and someone had shared with me, you know, I really like you and I know you're a coach and coaches don't like bad news or the news and uh, stay away from war. But here's some resources on Ukraine where I'm from. And like, I just like, can you, will you share these or will you look at these? And my initial trigger within that moment was like, oh, because I'm a coach, I don't like bad news. And like this, this person who I've never spoken to before is making these assumptions about me and my, and it's so funny because it's not funny, but the, the impulse was let me prove to this person that I'm a good person. Let me prove that like, just because I'm a coach doesn't mean that I'm not following along with everything that's happening and heartbroken with everything that's happening. And I typed out several messages and then I finally deleted it all and was just like, there's nothing for me to prove here. And this person is so deeply hurting because their home country is under attack right now. And my my role as a leader is not to position myself as like through this image of making myself look better so that I can feel better. My role is to hold space and, and to meet this person where they're at and to understand them and to support them as best as I can. And I feel like I've come such a long way from like that again, reactive needing to prove because my nervous system now is at a place where I can hold this and mm-hmm. I'm not going to react or I might react internally, but I'm not going to project out, um, as, as best as can always, always a work in process, but I'm not going to project out on, on this person who is triggered and is in pain and is actively experiencing trauma. Um, and I just think that one of the things that came up was like, especially when it comes to social media, is giving yourself space, just like 24 hours or more to like do what you need to do to separate yourself from whatever came up. Or maybe it was something weird happened with a client or, you know, you said something that ended up being taken in a way that, you know, all of the different things that can cause harm, Mm -hmm. creating space to like regulate your nervous system. So again, you're not in that reaction and can respond from this balanced, regulated space with what you know to be true. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to add that because I had, I recently had that experience. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And I love that concept of noticing like your awareness around it, where you were typing out the messages and then had that light bulb, that click, that integrative moment where it was like, Oh, actually no, because the intention that this message would be coming from as kind as it is, is still misaligned because it's got that energy of let me prove myself to you. And I think a lot of, not this isn't just in the coaching industry, although it's omnipresent in the online space is this 
inherent fear of getting canceled and this cancel culture and, and being like this pure, this like symbol of pure, perfect, always doing the right thing, always being the best person. Um, and, and that is how you will also become successful or that's how you avoid getting canceled. And Again, the lens I'm saying this from is someone who's also had a deep fear of being canceled and has responded publicly on social media to certain events, either locally or around the world, out of a fear of if I don't say something, people are going to come for me. So I should mm-hmm. say something, right? We're, we end up shooting all over ourselves. And again, as we've been saying, if you in that moment can just put the phone down and disconnect from that space for even a day, a couple hours, whatever, to check in with yourself of what feels most true for you before taking that action. Again, that's going to be a process of your unlearning and learning and expanding your capacity to hold duality and and hold discomfort because you'll be holding a lot of duality as you are on your journey of unlearning and learning as it relates to race, socioeconomics, systems of oppression, marginalized communities, trauma. You'll be holding a lot of duality. Like I said, I'll never sugarcoat that. Um, But I think it's, it's those moments that the micro moments like that are just as relevant if not more than the macro moments where something big is learned and integrated around those concepts. It's those micro moments of, I'm actually just going to pause here, put my phone down before responding to that, or put my phone down before I actually move forward with showing up online to have a conversation about this and ask myself, am I educated enough to have this conversation? Am I informed? Am I resource enough to, to have this conversation? Do I have the capacity to have this conversation? And if you can't answer yes to that, then it doesn't need to happen because I think something that gets easily forgotten in a highlight reel of social media is that we are all going through our own process in our own lives. We are all having a current experience. We all have past experiences and it all accumulates to create what we're doing. And you have no idea the work someone is doing behind the scenes as it relates to, again, local events, global events, and everything like that. They're doing their own education work. They're doing their own philanthropic work to support causes. And just because it's not posted about doesn't mean that it's not happening. It's like that ridiculous, like if you didn't take a pic, if it didn't end up on Instagram, it didn't happen. It's like, it's very much Mm -hmm. happening. And it's our work to acknowledge that I am still a good person doing this work in my own process, even though it didn't end up on my Instagram stories. Mm, Yes, I think that that, like this is just such an important conversation because I think a lot of people honestly are scared to go bigger in their businesses to even start because especially with like cancel culture and just so much intensity in the online space, it can be overwhelming and it can turn people off altogether from like really sharing their voice, you know, especially in the beginning when we are so imperfect and just so adorable and naive in how we show up and going live for the first time or, you know, recording stories or doing your first masterclass, whatever it might be. Um, 
the most intimidating time where you're the most fragile, when you're the most vulnerable and to also put on top of it, if I say one thing wrong, like I could fuck up forever and this will never work. And so why would I even start? I see that all the time with my clients and it's, you know, it's heartbreaking because it sets these expectations that we need to be perfect from the very beginning versus imperfect, but open and willing to learn along the way. Yeah. Imperfect, open and willing to learn along the way. That's literally like the foundation of trauma-informed education, you know, mm-hmm. because a lot of it comes down to boundaries, like especially regardless of whether you're in the beginning, just starting your business now, or you've been in it for a little while, or you've been in this for the long haul, wherever you are in your process of your business, it's, you always are able and have that opportunity to take a look at, you know, in this season of me and my life, because you're so much more than a business owner. You're so much more than just what you do for work and your purpose as a coach. But what am I available for? And what am I not available for to share online? What do I have the capacity to share? What do I not have the capacity to share? Because there will be seasons where you're willing to go a little bit deeper and stretch yourself and even stretch your community and, and their perception of a, of a certain subject, a certain thing. And there will be seasons where you're a little more tender and you're in, in deep in your own internal process. And perhaps that looks like firmer boundaries around what you're willing to share and what you're not willing to share, because the truth is you, you don't have to share everything. I think it's just important to know that regardless of what you choose to share, your work is about becoming okay with fucking it up and -hmm. knowing that you will make mistakes you will cause harm, even if you are trauma informed, certified, whatever, you will still cause harm. You will still say the wrong thing to a person, to a group of people, whatever. And you may be on the receiving end of harm in a coaching relationship. And again, <clears throat> when you're focused on honoring your unique process, for not just business, but life, healing, learning, everything, then you will have the capacity to also say, okay, harm has been caused. How can I repair this? Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the first step. You you nailed the foundation with that openness and willingness to learn of trauma-informed care and support. That first step is also, okay, the harm has been caused. How can I mitigate this? How can I repair this and mitigate this in the future? And it's just a com- consistent commitment to that over and over again, being open and willing to learn and then being open and willing to repair and mitigate, open and willing to learn open to repair and mitigate and it's mm-hmm. just a cycle of that so in the like repairing and mitigation phase of trauma informed coaching and care are there like main pillars to what that usually looks like i would say the most important is that the the parties with whom the harm was caused in terms of they were on the receiving end of harm are involved and the process is co-created with them because Mm -hmm. people know them 
better than anyone, including you as their care provider, as their coach. And so it's your responsibility to show up open and willing to mitigate and do do so from a place of co-creation where the person who harm was caused by you has the opportunity to express to express what that harm was how it was experienced and how it was felt for them and what could be improved to shift that and then you can step in once they have been fully acknowledged and heard and received to like i said co-create that repair process and there may be some more learning involved in that and it it may look different each time that you move through a repair process but i think like the the core pillar is always that it's not just you as the coach or the care provider creating it because we've all been taught that we have to be the expert and we have to be the authority. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we the should fixers. be, the, yes, the fixers. So we should be the one to step in and do all of this. And while the final decision of implementing is going to be on us, the actual creation of that protocol needs to happen with that specific individual, because how can you mitigate if that person's experience has not been included or validated in the process, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there a question that you could ask to first and foremost, create consent around the co-creation of repairing that? Because I think that, um, something common that I've seen play out before is, oh, I've done you harm. Tell me how I can fix this Mm -hmm. where it's not always that person's it's, it's, emotionally taxing for that person to have to explain how they caused harm, what they can do to fix it, how to educate themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. and so can you just share, like maybe start there with like a consensual question and then another couple consensual questions that you use with your clients? Yeah. As we've been talking about through this whole process, honoring um, our individual timelines is so important. And in an instance where we've been holding space for another human being and harm has been caused, it's now our responsibility always to honor their process. When we're holding space for another human being has nothing to do with us. Our timeline has nothing to do with it. Our process has nothing to do with it. It's all about them. And so knowing where they are presently in their process that harm has been caused in some way. I think a beautiful question to bring consent into beginning the repair process and honoring their timeline is what do you have the capacity for right now? Do you have the capacity to have a conversation about this? Do you have the capacity to describe what your experience was and what you want to experience instead. And that's not only going to invite in consent, but you're also honoring their process because the truth is in that moment, they could say, no, I do Mm -hmm. not have the capacity to have this conversation right now. And that's okay because we're also honoring their timeline. And so in doing so, if no is the case and they do not have the capacity and consent has not been provided, it's about honoring that timeline. So what does that look like in terms of a question you could ask, you know, 
when specifically is a good time to follow up and check in with you to support you with this? Or how much time do you feel you need in this moment to process this experience before we have another conversation? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And then, you know, if you receive a yes, do you have the capacity to have a conversation? You can ask, you know, what specifically caused the harm here? I want to understand your experience. Are you open to describing your experience for me? If they are, great. And you can see what I'm doing here that I'm always inviting consent in. Do you have the capacity to, are you open to, are you available for? Yeah, yeah. So that, sorry. Oh no, I was going to say, I even use that in conversation with like a partner. Do you have the capacity to have a conversation right now? Instead of just like, here's how I'm feeling. And oh my gosh, you better be ready to have this conversation. And we're going to be talking for three hours. (laughs) Yeah, because you could, again, you might notice those, that discomfort and those emotions stirring in your body that you want to fix it. You want to solve it right away. And this is a part of the conditioning that we get to unlearn Mm -hmm. as space holders and care providers and coaches is that we are at cause for our own experience and our own timeline and that alone, right? And Mm -hmm. so it becomes not about us, it becomes about them. And we get to hold space for holding that energy for as long as it takes to repair that. It could be a week, it could be more. We don't know because this is all about that specific person. And instead of just coming in hot, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Tell me what to do. Like, let me fix this. Let me make this better, which I understand it comes from a good place. Okay. So if you're like feeling a little called out, it's okay because we understand it's coming from love. What's of greater service is that person actually having the capacity to process their experience and have a collaborative conversation with you where their safety is at the forefront. Mm -hmm. Yes. So beautiful. So for everyone listening, Ashley has a program. It's a nine month professional development program for coaches and care providers. It's called integrative leadership. It starts on April 4th which is, it's just going to be so powerful around trauma sensitive practices, enhancing inclusivity impact, and really the results of the work overall, because we know that when we have these types of practices and protocols, it also allows for people again, like you just said, to feel safer and through that safety, be able to surrender more into the work that you're doing. So definitely follow Ashley. Her Instagram is at ashleyperkins.co. And where else can we find you? You can find me over on my website, which is just like my Instagram handle. It's www.ashleyperkins.co, but I hang out most on Instagram. So come over there. If you want to explore the link for integrative leadership, it is one of the links in my bio. And you can also learn a lot more about me and my work over there and know that my DMs are always open. If you want to have a conversation about this further after listening to this episode. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this, babe. I'm so grateful for you and so excited for everybody who's going to be a part of integrative leadership. Thank you so much. I so appreciate this and I loved this conversation. 